Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Adam Rowledge, prolific public speaker and managing director of Rowledge Associates. Coming up on today's show, Adam reveals that he moonlights as a Wild West outlaw. Give me some money, give me the money. <laughs> Phil bangs his watch on the table. And Phil and Adam talk about one of life's great mysteries. Poached, I'm not so good at scrambled, I am the master. But, I don't um, think anybody's good at poached eggs or no. All that and a whole lot more as Adam takes us through his career and journey to date. Once again, this was recorded pre-COVID-19 and despite what it sounds like, we did not conduct this interview in a toilet. All joking aside, a big shout out to the Huckletree in Soho for providing us a beautiful space for the chat. Enjoy! Well, hello and welcome to the next edition of Hospitality Meets with me, your host, Phil Street. And today I'm delighted to um, welcome someone who I've known for quite some time, but um, tends to get around a bit, but I'll let him explore that uh, in a little bit more uh, professional detail later. Um, delighted to welcome Adam Rowledge. Thanks very much, Phil. You said the kindest things. <laughs> so you, maybe you could kick things off for us by giving us uh, an overview of who you are and what you do right now. So who I am and what I do right now is, um, as you said, my name is Adam Rowledge and I am a professional speaker and uh, I do some training and consultancy as well, mostly focused around uh, leadership development, um, employee engagement, employee experience, uh, that kind of thing. So I help businesses essentially to uh, find, develop, retain, get the best out of their their people. Yeah. Um, and prior to that, I had a, a lovely 18-year or so career in the hospitality industry. Great. Well, that leads us nicely on to let's go all the way back to the very beginning. A little fresh school leaver or whatever you were, Adam Rowledge, back, back in the day. T- talk us through your career from the very beginning. Why did you get into the industry in the first place? And just talk us through your, your motivations from then on, sure. So I think uh, I think I probably just had left school. I was at college and just looking for a bit of a, a part-time job for some money. I guess a bit like uh, a lot of, a lot of people who come into our industry. And yep. um, so started off as a as a banqueting waiter at a, a local hotel, which was part of a company called Hanover International. So for some of the uh, the sort of slightly older listeners may remember them. To remember them, yeah. Uh, not that you're old, obviously, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, my next door neighbour, um, she she was. I couldn't think of anything worse to do than uh, than waiting at the time. Purely from a sort of confidence perspective, I was worried about getting orders wrong and you know spilling stuff down people and that kind of thing. But she's like, you know, it's dead easy. All you've got to do is pick up a couple of plates from one place and take to another place. You don't have to take any orders. You cannot go wrong, basically. Yeah. So um, I started doing that and worked uh, with a fantastic banqueting manager, a guy called Antonio Costanza who sadly passed away now, but uh, yeah, he was a, a real inspiration for me in terms of wanting to develop, to have a, a bit of a career in hospitality. And uh, during my time at the, the Hanover International, uh, which was at Hinkley uh, Island, um, it was a sort of 350 bedroom, uh, massive banqueting operation. I remember that as well. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it might be juries in or something now, but uh, yeah, worked in various different departments. I moved from uh, banqueting into doing a bit of concierge, then onto reception, where I became a shift leader at the age of about was sort of seventeen and a half in this three hundred and fifty bedroom hotel. Um, scared less. Um, I'll try to keep it polite for the, for the recording. Profanity is allowed. You can bleep those things out. I'm sure with your technology. And um, yeah, then then did a bit of a stint in the, the kitchen and. Uh, 
at one point got asked to help out in the accounts department, uh, which is where I got kind of um, spotted by the group operations accountant who um, kind of used to base himself there one or two days a week and asked me to then go and help a couple of the other hotels with some credit control issues that they were right. having. So that was quite fun. Got to spend a couple of months in delightful places, starting with the letter B, which were Bradford and Bromsgrove. Um, There's nothing like a bit of credit control to raise your confidence levels. Yeah, well, it's great for like, yeah, give me some money, give me the money. <laughs> um, which was quite interesting, actually, from the perspective. So this is going back to 2003 that I was doing this. Um, in my, which was then in my gap year and you know one of the biggest accounts that those hotels were having to, to chase money for was from super breaks and you know obviously we right. don't know what kind of happened there at the end of the day so uh, yeah probably the writing was probably on the wall at that, yeah. at that point even though it was a long time ago um, so then I went off to, to university and I didn't study hospitality at university I'd already uh, prior to starting work in the industry um, it was very kind of my world revolved around cycling and sports science and that kind of thing. So I went to Birmingham to study sports science. But while I was there, I started working for Hotel Duvin as a receptionist um, right. for again, a bit of for drinking money and, and, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yes, yeah, so that was great. I had three years working there, including a, a couple of short stints during the summer uh, holidays in, um, in Winchester and Harrogate. So I got, got around there as well. I think it's probably uh, fair to say I was doing that from an early stage in my career. Uh, and yeah, had a most amazing time then. That was, you know, back when it was um, still under the original ownership of, of Robin and, uh, and Gerard. Yeah. And learned a phenomenal amount um, during my time there and, and worked with some great people like uh, Mike Warren, who's now um, managing director of, of Harbour Hotels. He was my GM at, at the time in, in Hotel Van Birmingham. Right. Uh, then finished uh, university and decided to forget about sports science. This is definitely the, the way forward for me career-wise. Uh, to- was that the moment? Where you were in? Good question. I think I was probably in when I went to university to study sports science. Okay. With um, Trubiard, I didn't actually complete the full degree, um, so it was probably during. I kind of probably knew it when I went into university subconsciously, I guess. Right. Being I was working a huge amount while while I was there, and uh, my focus definitely in the last year was too much on what is going to be my next career move rather than finishing the uh, the degree. So yeah, um, yeah, good. Great job working at the, the Hotel de Van in Henley as a reception supervisor. Got promoted to night manager there. Saw a lot of things as a night manager, <laughs> uh, as I'm sure you can probably appreciate, especially in a town like Henley, where it's uh, at certain times of the year, it's a very, very much a, a party town. Yeah. Um, I did a, a stint as night manager uh, on cruise ships. And, okay. and let me tell you, <laughs> I mean, some of the best stories I've ever had, but the um, I'm not going to repeat any of them no. right now. No, maybe in the bar later. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, like you say, you just, I think, you know, it was probably one of the fastest uh, stages of development of my career because, it, I, you know, for most of the time, apart from some Fridays and Saturdays, you know, I was the only person on duty in that, that hotel. It wasn't massive, it was you know, 43 bedrooms, but, you know, busy, yeah. busy bar, people in the bar until very, very early hours. How old were you at this point? Uh, so this would have been 2007, so 22. Something like that. Yeah. 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 So still quite young for that still, level of responsibility. Young. Yeah. Um, and yeah, dealing with, you know, situations like water coming into a room in the middle of the, you know, in the middle of the night. Yeah. Like, great. There's no manual for that. There's, either, no, there's no manual. There's, you know, there wasn't really anyone to, to, to sort of to call on either. 
Um, developed a really good relationship, funnily enough, with the night manager of the Malmaison in Reading, because by then uh, both companies were owned by MWB. Sure, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we were kind of um, night, night buddies in that respect. Always, you know, we could, we could sort of bounce ideas off each other and we would just sort of check in on each other, I guess, more from a security, health and safety perspective as well. But yeah, and then uh, you know, I had a really good opportunity to go and work for handpicked hotels as reception manager at Nutfield Priory, where I stayed for, for about two years and got promoted to front of house manager uh, while I was there. I had a great GM called uh, Mike McKay, um, who's actually back there now in his, his second stint there and, and really learned a lot from him as well. Right. Um, and then had a you know an opportunity which came up to go to be front of house manager at a five-star hotel, the first five-star hotel in York, the Grand. Uh, which back then was a Cedar Court uh, property. Blame me. Um, so yeah, lots of old school memories. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that was a really interesting. You know, so I was going from managing in a, in a, in a four, you know, nice four star country house property uh, with sixty rooms. So I think the Grand had about just over a hundred rooms um, at the time. It's practically doubled in size now with the, the recent extension they've done. Um, team of about sort of twenty five, thirty instead of ten, and yeah. working with you know car jockeys and. Luggage porters and you know, sort of, uh, yeah, proper sort of golden keys, concierge, and, and all that kind of stuff. So that was that was a really uh, interesting experience. And York's a fabulous city as well. And the people are so friendly and amazing local uh, culture, which didn't really have in Red Hill. Um, unfortunately, right. there, there wasn't a lot of local <clears throat> food specialty foods and whatnot. Uh, Did you ever have a, a moment uh, where you thought to yourself, "What are these people doing?" giving this level of responsibility to me at this age or were you were you quite comfortable with it by then I was actually really I was really um really quite confident I think probably uh, thinking back at the night manager role probably given me that confidence you think you know yeah if you're on your own and you can deal with these situations and yeah some of the stuff was eye-opening especially for someone who's you know kind of, as you were saying at that age and uh, not sort of I'd say I was naive by any sort of stretch of the imagination but when you're exposed with uh to, to sort of Situations where there are a lot of legal and moral issues at, at play, shall yeah. we say? Um, it really kind of just sort of sharpen your thinking. When I mean, you have to deal with those things, it, you know, I think it does give you a. a I completely a agree. Confidence. I, the uh, I'd, I'd almost recommend anybody who wants to forge a, a management career that do a stint on nights, hundred percent, because it it really does prepare you for anything. Yeah. Um, I remember answering a call once. Can uh, can you come up and deal with a gentleman on deck eleven? Um, little did I know that he was wandering the decks completely naked, and well, he'd had a skin full. Yeah, perfectly pleasant gentleman. Really? Very matter of fact about <laughs> um, about what he was. Didn't even I think really fully appreciate what was happening yeah. at the time. Um, I wonder why. <laughs> escorted him back to to his cabin with a with a towel, perfectly placed. Um, and that's probably the 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 easiest or one of the easiest situations that I, that, that I had to deal with. And I, I think I was twenty two when I was night manager on a cruise ship with two thousand passengers, the same. Uh, and all the crew as well. You know who have parties when they shouldn't have and, yeah. and things like that. And it was uh, it was really a, a a role that made me grow up. Definitely, yeah. I think that's perfectly uh, described. It, it definitely makes you grow up. Yeah, very quickly as well. So, uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, definitely, definitely would agree with you in, t- in terms of people's careers. I think you know that, and uh, whether you actually have a specific role, but or you know certainly devote a, a really good amount of time working in housekeeping as well. I think gives you a 
a much better appreciation of how a hotel works. And I think yep. it's really, a, you know, overlooked as a, um, a department in which you can actually forge a really you know, strong career because you know, quite often it's one of the biggest departments in a hotel. You're managing people across you know, multiple nationalities um, quite often as well, you know. The, the cost control thing is obviously absolutely massive. Yeah. If you don't hit the quality levels, you, you know, just letting sleep at the end of the day and, and cleanliness. So, um, yeah. yeah, I wish more people would really take that uh, as part of their, their career, career yeah. journey. Um, Apologies, I, I took you off track. No, but, no, um, not at all. It's, uh, it's nice to not have to do all the talking. And, uh, hear some of your stories as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so yeah, I, I had a really good time at the Grand, but I not longer... Well, just before I'd moved up there, actually, I met the lady who was now my, my wife, um, and she was based down near Crawley. So uh, it was quite a, a sort of uh, a journey to keep doing, and um, yeah. the opportunity came up actually to have exactly the same role, essentially, at uh, South Lodge uh, yeah. Hotel, uh, part of the exclusive collection, which I you know, was very aware of from my time working at, at Nutfield Priory and uh, being part of the wider industry. And I already had met the, the general manager at the time, Rupert Spurgeon, so I really just jumped at the chance to be... Sort of twenty minutes down the road instead of uh, something like four hours twenty minutes at a good run That's fair enough. Um, on the on the train. So uh, so yeah, that that was uh, was perfect for me really, and uh, yeah, had an amazing time working there as well. And it was really exciting. Got the uh, the Michelin star for the pass while whilst I was there, and obviously that was not due to anything that I personally did, but it was yeah. you know an amazing time for the for the hotel and, and, and a real buzz about it as well. It's such a beautiful property, and you know it's even more amazing now that they've got this world-class spa and, yeah. um, and whatnot so and surrounded by people I would imagine who are kind of dedicated to excellence yeah I mean the, the team that we had there at the time was was absolutely fantastic and you know, now you know, we still go back there uh, fairly regularly now and, and some of the team who are there both people who are kind of coming up in the earlier stages of their their career like Rachel Stevens for example um, who, uh, from S Club 7 not the one from S Club 7 no uh, she definitely hasn't got the, the voice for it but uh, I'm sure I might be saying that um, but uh, yeah sort of met her through the Institute of, of Hospitality which I'm sure we'll probably brush upon uh, uh, further down the line in the conversation um, and you know then you've got people like David Connell um, who's the, the general manager who's a master in holder and you know a fantastic leader as well who um, you know certainly taken a lot from myself personally through the interactions that we've had so yeah um yeah so it's, it's just a fantastic place i would urge anyone to go and explore it in whether they stay or go to the spa or one of the restaurants there but yeah weirdly had a kind of although it was you know fantastic experience there had a once in a lifetime opportunity um come up to um going to work in london um and it just although i'd only been at south for about six months i think it just it was a rooms division manager role so it's that added responsibility of, of housekeeping and um, you know, obviously a bit more money uh, yeah. and, and being in London as well. But the thing that really kind of swung it for me was it was a chance to work in London during the Olympic Games. Okay, yeah. And I just well, thought, that's not going to come around well, again. Well, you know, that's the thing is, you know, I, I could have stayed at, at um, South London. I'm sure I had a great career there. And in fact, the, the, the chap that um, took on that role after I was there, uh, Mark Sergo, I think is now the, the hotel manager at the Stafford. Um, and... Uh, much better hotel than I am, but anyway, but I'm sure you know. Was, uh, I think you know the, the the opportunities there, and you know, exclusive collection have got a great reputation for for developing their people as well. So I'm sure would have had a yeah. great career had I stayed with them. But uh, yeah, you know, to work in your kind of home capital city for an Olympic Games is a bit of a once in a lifetime thing. And uh, yeah. the Hempel, um, for anyone who remembers the Hempel, it was sadly no longer um, in operation anymore. But you know, one of the, the sort of 
first iconic boutique hotels really in in London. It was, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. it, it really, you know, it's a lot of people take the claim, but in actual fact, it was it was a shining light in that in that space. Oh, massive! It was, you know, very different. You know, obviously, totally different to Blake's, which uh, you know, Nushka Hempel designed as well. And yeah, I really admire the creative brain. I mean, it was a bit of a these people uh, are, are visionaries, aren't oh, they? I mean, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's it's, just, you've got to kind of take stock in, in awe. Definitely. I know, as you can probably see from my time, I'm quite a straightforward boy. got a navy, grey, black. I'll drink to that. Yeah, yeah. You know, occasionally a bit of colourful socks. But um, yeah, just that, you know, you say that visionary. I did notice your socks, actually, at the yeah. event that we were at last week. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I thought I must ask him where he gets his socks. Got to have a bit of... Uh, uh, Paper Harrow, I think they're called. They're in, uh, based in um, Arundel. Okay. In, in West well, I'm now going after them for some sponsorship, yeah. aren't I? There we yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Paper per listen. So, uh, yeah, I mean, had a fantastic time there as well. Uh, so the, my general manager there was Gareth Banner, yeah. um, who's now obviously MD of the, of the NED. And uh, again, you know, just the, the, the what, I, what I took from, from that learning experience. And I was, again, only there, unfortunately, for 12 months because... Would have been somewhere I would have been happily staying for for a good few years, and would have loved to have developed more there. But um, sadly, the uh, the hotel was sold and turned into a residential um, apartments. And I didn't realise you were there from, at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'd had you know phenomenal year. I think it had been the best year on record financially, and you know, hotel was really was a nice place to work. And um, yeah, it was a bit of a shock. It all happened very quickly. I think it was kind of mid to late October when we found out. I think the last working day was something like the 20th of December. Right. Um, so yeah, it all happened pretty quickly. But that was an interesting experience to go through in terms of closing down a hotel and going through a, a wholesale redundancy process. Yeah, um, so, uh, you know, I'd only been there for a year, so I could, could be quite uh, sort of pragmatic about it, I guess. And, and uh, you know, I wasn't as emotionally attached to some people who'd been there for you know, for 10 years more than that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a, a really great experience for me. And, it was and Christmas off. And Christmas off. Well, the hotel actually used to close for Christmas anyway. Every <laughs> year. Yeah, so we used to, we used to close after, kind of after checkout on the last Sunday before Christmas and then reopen, um, yeah, sort of Twixmas type of a time. Yeah. Um, so My wife introduced me to that term. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd never heard of that before. I, I remember the, it, was actually, it was actually under the recruitment um, uh, guy that actually. So I brought this job to my attention. He said, you know, it's this job, it's this salary every Christmas and your birthday off because we used to have a birthday um, holiday, which is something that I've uh, shamelessly stolen and put in place in yeah. a number of the places where I worked. So I thought that's quite a nice thing. So yes, that was one of the, the, the bonuses uh, of that as well. And that was, it was probably kind of between the, the transition from South Lodge to the Hempel, where I really started to get a lot more involved, you know, in the wider industry. Um, I was a member of the AICR, the sort of Front Office Management Association, and became involved on their committee as the events coordinator. Yeah. Um, so it was great fun, you know, arranging events for 60 people with wine and canapes and carriages and uh, that sort of thing. So yeah. I, um, I also had a, a chat with the uh, the grandfather of AICR, uh, Mr. Cowdery. Ah, oh, of course, yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. He's got a, an interesting story, which which will be broadcast at some um, point. Shall look forward to that very much. He's got a lot of great stories, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I literally could have spoken to him for about four hours. Yes, and yeah. not got you know, under the skin of of his career. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. There are some really fantastic um, people actually that I, I met through the AICR. I probably would credit that with one of the best sort of ways of networking. You know, their events were fantastic. You know, very very simple. Um, but always a great turnout, really nice people, and always everyone happy to talk to anyone. You know, there was no real kind of cliques or anything like yeah. that. It was uh, a really good um, 
event. In fact, I remember the very first one that I went to, it was at Browns. I knew absolutely no one. Um, and I was quite nervous, actually, even though I was generally quite a confident person, but I uh, didn't really tend to spend a lot of time in in five uh, Red Star hotels drinking champagne. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, just kind of uh, what was in, ended up having a lovely chat with uh, some of the people from Gold Key Media, who supply one of the magazines and newspapers for for hotels. Um, I met a guy called Duncan Cooper, um, who I think was working for Portico at the time, but he used to work at Penny Hill Park, so we had a kind of exclusive collection connection if you like yeah um but drank far too much champagne and uh struggled to stay upright as i was leaving the uh, the hotel but they let me back into the next event so <laughs> a bonus um but yeah that was uh as i say a bit of a shame that the hempel closed in that way because i think you know it's a great hotel and uh, it was doing quite well but uh, the olympics was an amazing experience they, they had actually an exclusive hire um event for nokia right so for the whole two weeks it was just um kind of every two days a new group of people that they were entertaining come into the, the hotel and they're out of the hotel pretty much all day at the games and they would come back um, and just go to bed and then leave and then on the, the next wave of people would arrive they'd have a bit of a gala dinner in the Zen garden next day go to the Olympics come back sleep and, and so on so yeah. it's quite an easy uh, model to operate didn't have to worry about any of the kind of low cog allocation stuff that lots of hotels were, were dealing with um, I just wonder if Everybody remembers Nokia. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's inter- they're an interesting company. There's stuff that they're, they're really involved with now. But uh, yeah, I, I think it was the Lumia was the name of the, I can't believe I remember that was the name of the, the handset they were trying to launch. It was their kind of real last ditch attempt to to get anywhere State in the smartphone market. Phone market. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but we all know what happened there. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of a weird, that was the first time I'd ever had to go to a, you know, leave a job without a job to go to essentially but uh, funnily enough ended up going back to work at Nutfield Priory where I've been front of house manager as the deputy general manager right um, which was a strange turn of events because the um, the person who'd recruited me as originally reception manager when they, he was the deputy general manager uh, was a guy called Russell Lyons who I like and have a lot of respect for and learn a lot from he then left Nutfield Priory whilst I was there to go and be general manager of their Buxted Park property. Right. Um, I obviously went off and kind of did my bits and pieces. Then he moved back to Nutfield Priory as general manager and recruited me as his deputy. So that's ah, quite a nice little... Full circle. Uh, full circle sort of thing, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so I went back there and had it again another uh, two years. That was my first experience of managing food and beverage departments. So, that you know, was a quite an interesting um, experience for me without my, you know, a serious uh, food and beverage uh, background, really. I think yeah. it was about sort of 60-40 split between... Um, F&B and rooms at, at, right. at the hotel so in a bit bit more out of my comfort zone um, and you know continuing with the, the, the stuff I was doing in the industry with the uh, you know the Institute of Hospitality primarily I think at that point and I should also mention so while I was at the uh, the Hempel I was very fortunate to be nominated by Gareth for an Acorn Award um, which was awarded in 2012 so that was a yeah. that was my first kind of taste if you like of actually being recognised in the in the wider yeah. industry for what I was doing I must doing, be quite was, good at this well, you know what, it was, it was funny, and I still remember to this day, um, it was a bit embarrassing, really, so I'm not sure I should be sharing this, but anyway, the... the oh, well, definitely, 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 definitely yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, obviously, I knew that, that, that Gareth put the nomination for me, and um, I was kind of waiting to hear we'd had, I think it was like sort of the, the last site to visit from Nokia before the actual um, the games, and he said, oh, you know, can you can just go and double check, make sure these rooms are, you know, for the, you know, for the inspection. Mm. Um, something came up anyway and uh, you know kind of diverted my attention I thought that was more important to deal with which obviously it wasn't and I delegated the uh, um, 
the checking of the rooms and didn't follow up on it. And uh, as we went into the room, they had some rooms which kind of looked, looked into the courtyard and someone had been smoking a cigar on this little balcony on the thing. It was just sort of sit, this, you know, burnt out cigar stuff sitting down there. Right. And I cringed as we went, went in and nothing was kind of said about it at the time. Gareth was with you at this point. Yes, yeah. Right, so okay. Myself, Gareth, and uh, and I think the um, I can't remember the name of the two uh, Finnish ladies from from Nokia. Anyway, so we kind of you know Sharon done blah 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 back to the desk, carry on with the rest of the day towards the end of the day, and Gareth and I said, "Adam, can you just pop to the office for a second? The, the back office was a, like a long strip of um, like corridor with the various offices going up behind the back desk." down the corridor I don't know what's coming here um, so sat down in the office and uh, you know really you know like fair and sort of you know a bit disappointed to say the least about this you know <laughs> should, person in your position shouldn't be kind of making these mistakes or asked you to do this you know how important it was da, 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 da. And I was kicking myself because obviously it was you know, obvious that I should have done it and then he just literally casually just dropped in especially when you're an Acorn Award winner <laughs> I was like my face just dropped and I was like I didn't know what to say um Right, you just disarmed the moment there as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, with that at that moment. But it probably had more impact, but rather than just kind of going in and getting a bit of a bollocking, which you know I knew I'd done that anyway, and it kind of really hit home actually that that was the case. So um, yeah, I thought it was a really nice way of doing it, and that was uh, obviously pre-Olympics because this was the last visit, and the, the actual awards thing wasn't until about September time then. It was right. kind of all under embargo, so three months before I could uh, share the good news, but. Um, but yeah, so kind of back to Nutfield Priory, sorry, the, the long way around on this one. Um, and then, yeah, after a couple of years, felt that I was kind of ready for my first GM role. So um, applied for a few roles, found it quite hard to find the role that I really wanted. And in the, in the end, went for a role, which was a really big lesson for me that actually wasn't the right role for me. So I went to go and work for the Bannertine Group um, as general manager of their property down in, in Hastings. Yeah. Um, wasn't the right uh, sort of cultural fit and the right organisation for me. Um, so that was only the second time I'd ended up leaving a, a job without a job to, to go to directly. Yeah, um, but, but I mean, kind of, I, I suppose, good on you for having the courage of your conviction that you just, you know that it's not the place for you and not grind yourself into a, a hole of depression because you're trying to stick something out just because you have to pay the mortgage or whatever. Yeah, um, and, I mean, don't get me wrong, the, 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 you know, it probably wasn't the best time to leave actually because it was um, it was end of June... No, end of July, sorry, end of July that I left. And obviously, as you uh, will well know, the recruitment market over the summer isn't uh, the most active, especially yeah. at uh, sort of general manager level. Um, summer off. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, that was amazing because to, this is going back to 2015 now. So I had a um, you know, kind of one-year-old uh, daughter at the time. So having uh, August and all of September off pretty much was was amazing it was a great summer you know weather was fantastic so that was that was really good but def- definitely kind of squeaky bum uh moments when we were kind of coming into end of september and i still hadn't found a, a job but fortunately really landed on my feet with uh with georgian house um, yeah. where i sort of spent kind of the best part of four years really as general manager um, and again you know really fortunate that i've worked with some amazing people throughout my career and, you know serena von der Heide, who was the, the partner of georgian house um you know, gave me the opportunity to, to be general manager there and you know, had some great times, achieved some great things, you know, both as the, the hotel in terms of results, the, the financial results, the people, you know, transforming the, the hotel really. And I was very fortunate to have some individual success um, as well, which kind of then led me to think, well, what can I possibly do next uh, after this? And yeah. uh, the answer was to, to sort of try and help more businesses to 
to achieve some of the great stuff that we did at Georgian House. So that, that was that was the that was the, the long answer to your question. Apologies, that's that, that's probably quite short actually. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. No, that's that, that's all right. I mean, you covered quite a lot in there, and it does give us an idea of the the journey to this point. Um, how long were you at Georgian House for? So I started end of September fifteen, and I left end of July nineteen. So yeah, it's just under four years. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I mean that's when we got to know each other through that period. Yes, um, we met at a uh, networking event for mentoring. Yeah. I think for Oxford Brooks Backus mentoring. That's yeah. right. And then, um, and then I came and then had a look at your, your hotel and and saw what you were doing. And and I, there was a couple of things that really um, struck me about it was that one, you weren't being normal, and I mean that positively, right? <laughs> uh, in the sense that you, um, I think you had some, uh, you just done some Harry Potter rooms. Uh, if there's anyone from Warner Brothers listening, they're actually called Wizard Chambers. I beg your uh, pardon. Sorry for legal reasons. But, I beg your pardon. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we, yeah, there were four. Well, prior to, to me joining, but then we, we did another three during the, the time that I was there because just the return on them was was really quite phenomenal. But yeah, we, yeah. we tried to do some different things. You know, we did a, a cheese afternoon tea, and you know, sort of whether you call it the world's or London, it's never been officially verified, but a sort of two person cinema. So we call it the, you know, London's smallest cinema. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just try to, you know, it's a, it's a boutique um, individual non-branded uh, property in Pimlico. So you've got to yeah. do different things to, to really stand out. Um, yeah. I think we did that with the hotel in terms of the product, but also with, with the people that we, we work with there as well. Yeah. I think it, it always struck me as, that's kind of what can happen when you get real good synergy between the owner and the general manager and the operations team and there's a, a shared vision and if there's not a shared vision there's a, the ability to discuss that and you'll evolve whatever that may be and, and um, I think your, your property was a kind of a, a real prime example of that and I don't think you actually mentioned the fact that you, you got Hotelier of the, the Year, didn't you? Uh, independent Hotelier of the Year, yeah, hotel. from the Independent Hotel Show Awards. But uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we won quite a few awards uh, during my time there. So I think we had uh, Best uh, Education and Industry Partnership from the Springboard Awards, which was one that I was personally really proud of because you know, I'm very passionate, uh, as I know you are, about working with, um, with students and, uh, and helping to bring people into the industry. Yeah. So that was a, a real kind of highlight for me. Um, and then best management strategy as well for kind of how we recruit and develop our, our team. Um, and then one, for, we had the Visit England uh, Rose Award for Service Excellence. So yeah, it was really great and you know, obviously really motivating and the team are really proud to kind of constantly be uh, recipients for these these awards. And uh, I yeah. know that you've recently interviewed another uh, award-winning uh, hotelier. Which one? From my, my neck of the woods, <laughs> uh, sorry, down in, in down in Folkestone. But uh, you know, those 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 things are really really powerful for uh, for getting the team energised. And um, yeah, I really would encourage anyone to to take advantage of the opportunities that are there to to do those. You know, it doesn't really cost anything to yeah. to enter them. It's, you know, it's a bit of time in putting an, an entry together, and I think it really kind of sharpens what you're doing as well because you know you think, okay, well, what are these awards? You know, what does it take to win one? Great. Well, how can we do better at what we're doing and you know obviously the award is a fantastic result at the end of it but you know as with most things it's all about the process rather than kind of the, the results yeah, at yeah. the end of the day obviously it's disappointing if you enter one and don't win it of course um yeah. but you know we all can do better at everything we do every day and i think if you've got something like that which kind of like i say helps you sort of sharpen your focus or gives you a bit of a framework to to, to do that so one of the things at georgian house we did was we achieved um 
I think it was kind of the commitment level of the London Healthy Workplace Charter. Well, you know, that's fine. It's you know, maybe been good to put that little badge on the website and some people might think, oh, that's nice that they do that. Maybe I'll go and yeah. apply for that job. But, you know, the thing that really made the difference was, okay, you know, this is the framework of what we need to do to to achieve that. Um, you know, let's at least make sure we're doing all of these things. And I'm not sure we hadn't really considered that we should be doing something in that area. So what, what you know, what else is available? And, you know, what do our team need? And what, you know, let's have those conversations. And, yeah. um, you know, I think that's the, the real benefit of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think what I love about you is is that in spite of this sort of outwardly success, uh, you remain very, very humble, feet are heavily on the ground. I've always liked that about you. And I think equally, you're, I know that you're very, very quick to sort of tell people that your success comes from you know, having a team that, that want to pull together and, and do the same. So you might get the award, but actually there's no award without the effort that the team put in behind the scenes. Oh. Absolutely. Or in front of the scenes. Yeah. I mean, you know, sort of jokingly saying, I didn't actually do any work at Georgian House. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously, I, I, I did. But you know, when I talk now, and uh, you know, as you know, I sort of speak for a bit of a, a living now, and I didn't really carry that many bags. I certainly wasn't, you know, cooking any any poached eggs. Yeah. Um, but you wanted your did. guests to come back, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Poached, I'm not so good at. Scrambled, I am the master. But, I don't um, think anybody's good at poached eggs. Or no, it is. But I have to say, Georgian House do the most phenomenal poached eggs. I've eaten a lot of breakfasts, um, you know, when I meet people quite often. And yeah. Yeah, the, the Georgian House poached eggs are top notch. Um, but yeah, I think... Uh, That's more sponsorship money. Than yeah, much. exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, it's cheaper than paymbooking.com, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but no, I think, uh, you know, you're absolutely right. And uh, given that they are probably the least experienced team of people that I've worked with in terms of their hospitality careers, um, and some, you know, some people who were in really key roles for us and prior to working at Georgian House had never worked in, in hospitality before, actually, you know, the best... Uh, team of people I'd ever ever worked with yeah. um, it really was a, a pleasure and uh, yeah some of the the creativity and things because quite often in hotels I think you know we do things the way we've always done them I think that's uh, yeah. you know why do you do that way well that's the way it, that's the way it is yeah. Um, but yeah kind of having people thinking in what is actually maybe the most logical way or the most effective way or even challenging the way that we were doing things so we did a lot of work um, at Georgian House around Lean Six Sigma and so, you know, questioning everything is, you know, the five whys and sort of trying to get to the root cause of a problem and, you know, actually thinking of where are we creating value for our guests? Actually, uh, you know, is do you need to have that guest directory in the room or actually, you know, what what is it that the guest wants? And how can we better provide them that for them? You know, do they need you know, 20 cushions or whatever it might be? Or, you know, yeah, what's, yeah. The, what's the right, you know, what are they trying to achieve in their stay and what can we do to help that rather than, you know, yeah. ticking a box of you must have four hangers of this type, two hangers of this type. Um, I completely and, and agree. so on and so forth. I think there's an awful lot of overthinking goes on a lot of the time. In actual fact, if you strip it right back to why a guest want or, you know, what they want when they come to stay with anywhere, you probably, if you start with a really comfortable bed, you're you're halfway there, I'd say. Yeah. And that, that's what, one thing that I always... The downturn of two thousand and eight nine was sort of signified the rise of Premier Inn. Yes, um, and they just cottoned on to the fact let's just keep it simple and basic, but but have a really comfortable bed. Yeah, and you know then you can kind of feed it outwards as to okay, so what's our guest profile and what do we want around that and so on and so forth. Then you get product, but if you if you don't focus on basics, yeah, and like like you say with scatter cushions. 
Oh, I know. I'm, I'm studying at the moment in the place where I stay when I'm studying. I only stay there because it's, uh, it's you know, kind of on the campus. Um, and uh, you know, I like to go, go to the gym there where it's very, very convenient. But yeah, literally the first thing I do every single time I walk into the, the room is throw the cushions off the bed, yeah. down to the side of the bed that I'm not sleeping on. And they kind of um, get rid of those. Yeah. Do not disturb on the door because I don't want them coming back in the room and putting them on the back on the bed. <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah, Premier Inn definitely, and uh, you know, sometimes I do have to stay in a holiday in now as well, with, you know, work and stuff. But again, I just want—I don't want any fuss. I just want a comfortable bed, good shower. Um, I was, you know, fortunate to go to Japan and, and do some work out there last year, and the hotel, a couple of the hotels I stayed in, you know, very much you know, budget, you know, super va- like amazing value. The one that I stayed in, which I think was the equivalent of about eighty quid, bed and breakfast, and a bowl of ramen in the, you know, when you kind of got back late in the mm. evening as well. So you could say dinner, bed and breakfast, I guess. No frills at all, but great, comfortable bed, brilliant shower. That is all I need. Yeah. Thank you very much. And enough space to roll my suitcase in and out. But yeah, definitely overcomplicated. I think there's been a lot of talk, you know, what's the hotel room of the future? I think actually, we probably need to go back a few, a few years yeah. to when they were simpler and you had a plug socket next to your bed. That, oh, no. that, that work yeah. you know lighting it's more important these days as well if, yeah. you know, if, if uh, my wife and I are travelling the amount of times you go in and one side has a plug socket and okay first world problems right but yeah. the, um, it's um, nevertheless you just just have a think about the end user yeah. um, and their journey on this the other one that my uh, wife hates and I've actually brought that brought this up before uh, on a previous chat is lighting in the bathroom yes if it's a dark bathroom what is the point the ladies of the world need the light. Yeah. Um, not just the ladies. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, it's not a visual thing. No one can actually see the, uh, the gesture I was making there. No, but, it is. Um, uh, for information, Adam just stroked his eyebrow. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, exactly, you know, Wi-Fi that's not complicated to to get onto and, uh, you know, all, all of that basic stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I definitely think, you know, Premier Inn have nailed it from that perspective. And, you know, there's so many brands now coming out, you know, Brands coming out of your ears from all the, you know, the kind of the big, you know, Accor, Marius, uh, Hilton, etc. But yeah. really, all I want is the basics. Yeah. yeah so. And everybody's different, right? I mean, yeah. they, they all look for different things, I'm sure. But um, but uh, in any case, we probably digress a little bit. That's, yeah. Uh, we're just laying the, the industry to rights here. Yeah. But, um, Although I have to say, on the subject, there was one kind of thing which really uh, was a, a treat in one hotel I stayed in, in uh, I think it was in Boston. I can't remember what the hotel was, but they had um, a, a, an actual kind of, log burning fire in the room and they had a, a wood concierge so you could actually get the the company have you know the, where it was the cedar wood the paper and everything and you kind of make right. recommendations about what kind of wood you should have for your fire based on you know what time of day it was and whether you know what you're going to be doing wow. and then built the fire and lit the fire for you I thought yeah I can figure a couple of plug sockets for something like yeah that. But, um, anyway sorry yeah that, I mean that's that's brilliant I like that kind of that's that's great thinking as well though, yeah that's like a t- real attention to detail proper attention to detail yeah. and there's probably some kind of scientific reason as to why that that wood smells a certain way and makes you feel a certain yeah whether it's relaxed or yeah, yeah exactly yeah, so that's incredible i was pretty impressed with that yeah so. absolutely okay so um any funny stories that i mean you've actually shared a couple of funny stories already to be honest anything else that immediately springs to mind that, that you can say no if you it depends on your definition of funny, I suppose. I mean, some of the things as a night manager were both funny and harrowing in, uh, <laughs> in equal measure, I think. But no, I think, you know, I had just a you know, really great career. And I think, I don't feel like I've left the hospitality industry. I still, you know, still about 50% of the work that I do is in the industry. So I still get to 
to experience a lot of those things. But uh, for me, I think the most kind of uh, valuable thing has been to you know, sort of impact the people in the way I've been able to, to to do so positively. And, you know, with, we're talking about, you know, developing people and I've only had a small part to play in, in the, you know, some of those careers, but it's really nice when you work with somebody and you, you then see them go on to uh, achieve something fantastic. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think probably the most funny stories usually are if I've been out at some sort of black tie dinner and then ended up at McDonald's Charing Cross at two o'clock in the morning after a few too many drinks afterwards, that's when the kind of more amusing stuff tends to happen. Yeah, um, I'm sure that's... Hospitality, well, it's hospitality related. Yeah, it's um, funny. I mean, you, you know, I, I'm incredibly guilty of this, and anyone who knows me well you knows that that is my standard MO. Is you know, whatever the the event is, whether it's you know the sort of uh, mastering holders hotel leadership conference or any kind of black tie awards uh, dinner, I'll probably have, have a few uh, glasses of wine and then need something at that early hour just to just to tide me over until breakfast. Um, yeah. And that's more sponsorship money from yes, McDonald's yeah. as well. Yeah. If you can get sponsorship yeah. money from McDonald's, you're, uh, you're well away. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure most people you interview name drop, uh, you know, luxury five star hotels. And there's me with uh, with McDonald's, um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Okay, so um, obviously there's a there's a big movement going on at the moment, which you've probably seen, hospitality proud, which yes. uh, is wonderful for anybody that's not seen it. You should definitely look it up. Just just simply. Hashtag hospitality proud across all channels. And I think the, the major reason behind that is to to really demonstrate to the wider world that this industry is amazing. Um, and that the the and this is one of the reasons why this podcast exists in actual fact is to to show the world. I think the message that gets out into the world is often around the long hours, the you know, the shouty kitchens and all of that sort of thing. And whilst I don't doubt that these environments do exist. They definitely don't define the industry. And what would you say to somebody who was contemplating a, a career in hospitality? Um, I mean, the, the obvious answer is just, you know, just to, to do it and try it. I think, uh, especially now, if you, you know, we're talking about kind of younger people, maybe who are, you know, thinking about what their first step into employment is going to be. Yeah. You know, you just got to try things. I think there's there's no harm in, in, in giving anything a go. But I think if you give it that chance it can be incredibly re- rewarding I've certainly found it um, to be so and I think there's just so much opportunity and you know you can go off to to university and study for you know x amount of years doing a I don't know accounting degree for example to go off and then do another kind of a couple of years doing your AAT and then your seam and all that kind of thing but yeah. actually you know you could go and get a job in a in a hotel as an accountant assistant probably quite quickly yeah um, credit control yeah credit control. Control. you know yeah. The, the two of the people who worked in the um, the accounts team at, at that um, hotel where I was had kind of migrated from being receptionists um, and, you know, probably just wanted a bit more kind of nine to five and, you know, I have, to say, I have no idea what they're actually doing now, but, you know, yeah. the, the career path is definitely there and you can progress probably much more quickly than, you know, you can in, in you know, if you were to go into, a, you know, an accounting firm, for example, you know, a big four or, or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, you sort of say, you're brilliant at you know, you know, I've got degree apprenticeships available now, and you can earn while you learn. And you know, hotels will pay for you to go and do those uh, those courses if you're in the appropriate positions. If you're working with a good company as part of your development program, and you know, this kind of thing of uh, you know, it's long hours and, and low wages. Well, yes, there are going to be some employers who are still you know doing that, but I think we've got a lot more better employers in the industry than we do now. There are some some fantastic ones, as you as you know. Yeah, but you know. It's, was it sort of twenty five thousand pounds of starting salary for a you know for a nurse or a teacher around that kind of market? You know, forgive the the exact uh, number, lack of clarity, but yeah, you, know, you can be earning that in a 
in a hotel in central London as a receptionist. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and, and progress really quickly. I think, you know, they see so many people who are doing amazing things in their careers, especially when you get, you know, in the, the Cater magazine every year when you see the winner, who the, this year's winners of the Acorn Awards are, and they're achieving phenomenal things. And, yeah. you know, some of the people who I was really fortunate to be in the kind of cohort with, you know, have gone on, gone on and got their own businesses, you know, not just myself, but yeah, yeah. Simon um, Houston, for example, who was one of the winners that year, and he's gone off and founded his own, food service business now with his business partner and you know doing great things so yep. the, the opportunities there you've just got to take it really I think it's the, it's the diversity of opportunity it's I think it's unrivaled as yeah. an industry and if you contemplate again we talked about basics uh, earlier but actually if you think about the basics around why this could be the best career option for for anybody is that one, it's, I think it is now, if it's not number one, it's certainly close to being the number one invested business in, certainly in, uh, in the UK and certainly around uh, London. Yeah. And that, okay, that comes from a real estate thing, but the, the, they've analysed and realised that actually hotels are successful businesses. So the growth opportunity for somebody coming into that is phenomenal yeah. because there will be more and more opportunity coming along then if you couple that with the the fact that it's uh, you you can be an engineer you can be an accountant you can be an operator you can be marketing hr legal even oh, you know you, there is nothing that you can't do in this industry yeah and in actual fact it's um i think it's responsible for about a third of the workforce yeah in the uk it's it's such a credible Opportunity, absolutely, and I think you know the, the opportunity is definitely uh, there for all to see. I think you know really fantastic example. Of this is is Kieran Fahey, who I just saw actually in the news this week has um, just stepped down from from his yeah. role. But um, you know I couldn't speak for his uh, you know the exact details of all his career. But, you know progressed through the industry. You know became a general manager, etc. Yeah, and then you know became I think CEO of the of the, the holding company that owns the Ritz. And, Indeed, and, and, yeah, you yeah. Know, and you're thinking, well, that's it. Investment I'm not being funny, well. but you know you're you're. I'd rather do that job than go and like just do auditing for a, for yeah. a living in, in a in an accounting firm sort of thing. So, you know, I mean, Kieran's a really bright guy, obviously, but you know, the the opportunity is 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 definitely there. And I think you know, as you know, the experiences you can have, whether it's sailing around the world or you know, working in in different hotels all over the place, whether it's budget, country house, food service, restaurants, absolutely, uh, whatever it may be, the the opportunity is definitely. Uh, definitely plentiful and meeting great people along the way you know obviously we bumped into each other a few years ago at that uh, that mentoring event um, and have, have kept in touch ever since and you know there's there's plenty of, of, of other stories like that yeah and I think the other really key thing for the hospitality industry compared to a lot of other industries when I talk to friends who you know work in other industries actually there's so much support in our industry to help people progress through their careers and yeah. certainly more than I was ever aware of when I was at a younger age so uh, you know whether that's uh, you know, mentoring, uh, you know, whether it's through Springboard Institute of Hospitality, you know, universities that have their own programs. Yeah. Or just ask. Or just ask, well. yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. If you speak to any industry professional, they, I'm sure, will be happy to either mentor you themselves or if they're already booked up with, you know, plenty of, you know, other mentees, as I know myself, a few other people mentor several people, they'll put you in touch with somebody else who might be able to, to help. You know, there are scholarships like the Master Inholders um, Scholarship that I was fortunate to receive to go off to study for two weeks at Cranfield. You know, it's a £15,000 scholarship, essentially, to go off yeah. and, and do those things. You know, Master Inholders Aspiring Leaders uh, Programme, which are, you know, co-funded um, as well. They have their own mentoring programmes attached to 
to them. Yeah. Know, so we were talking earlier about the Institute of Hospitality and the opportunities for professional development, mentoring, networking that that yeah. provides. You know, where, where else do you find that? And I think the Institute are close to being to getting chartered status, which means that there will be recognised qualifications at the end of that as well. Which yes, yeah, so very interesting. Something that's been um, been discussed for a number of years, but it's been been worked uh, upon now. So depending on when this uh, this obviously gets uh, this broadcast, but I know it's something which I know I'm, uh, I've been a member of the board of the Institute now for four years. And, you know, I think we're finding a really great position to actually to go for that. And it's quite a complicated process. You know, you have to get approval from the Queen, essentially, at the end of the day. So uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, it goes through the Privy Council and, um, you know, I mean, I'm sure she doesn't necessarily think think too long and hard about it herself. You know, the, the decisions are kind of made. Uh, oh, I, come I, on. I guess for her. She's in, a, in with yeah. Philip every year. Every <laughs> day. I just don't know whether to offer this chart of status yeah. or not. What do you think, Philip? But, you know, it's a, it's a, that is a really um, big deal. You know, we think of all the other kind of charter status, with it, you know, CIPD, for example, yeah. you know, um, Charter Institute of Marketing and so on. And, you know, there's, there's real cachet to that. And I think mm-hmm. the, the, the hospitality industry has you know, definitely benefited over the many, many years with the Institute and before that, the HCIMA or whatever it was. Right. A bit too young for that. But, yeah, I don't um, remember that one either. <laughs> the, uh, it's funny how we still hear it kind of coming up in conversations, but, you know, to really have something that, that people can be more proud of, you know, being a fellow of a chartered institute is a is a big deal for, for anyone. And, you know, there's some fantastic people within the Institute, either working at the Institute or that I've met as, you know, fellows or members of the Institute that yeah. have really helped uh, me throughout my career so um, definitely would, would advise anyone to, to sort of explore those opportunities. Everyone I've met from the Institute has uh, one thing in common which is a giving mentality. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter who you speak to whether it's a you know, a first year member or a fellow you know, or, or you know, somebody who's been in the industry for, for 40 years they, they want to give yeah. The, the knowledge and I think it's one of the things that I love about the industry another one of the things that I love about the industry <laughs> is that yes it's a competitive industry but it's very very collaborative yeah there are those collaborative mindsets towards problem solving as you know, from an industry-wide perspective um, it's not just about solving the problems that are within your own four walls and I've always loved that about that there will always be somebody who knows what to do in your predicament yeah if whatever that predicament may be yeah no, I've got to ask. You know, especially when you know, you think about all the, the hotels you go to, and you know your counterpart or whatever it was, or uh, someone at that hotel will give you a show round, and you, know, you can see all this other bedrooms, you know, quite often back of house. I see all the the things they're up to. You think, well, which other industry would someone from one of your competitors invite you into their business yeah. and show you all of the, you know, yeah. their secrets, if you like? Oh, and I love all that as well. I'm still a hotel geek. Yeah, art. It's uh, you know some some great hotels doing some amazing things these days. I think uh, really is an evolving industry as well, and uh, you know some of the different concepts that come out. You know, Citizen M. I'm a big fan of what you know what they're mm. doing, and you know, you know certainly the the luxury end of the the London hotel market is uh, you know just as interesting as it ever is. You know, miniature yeah. opening and uh, you know all sorts of incre- it looks like it's going to be incredible. Yeah, you know, and like you say, the investment's been still put into in terms of uh, refurbishing them, and you know the Ritz, which is um, kind of, you know, I know, there's a lot of stuff in the news with them at the moment, uh, um, but you know, talking about eight hundred million pounds, I think for yeah, for a hotel it's for a house with a few bedrooms. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not too shabby, obviously. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, obviously we've talked a lot about hotels, but um, you know, and the food scene as well. You know, yeah, even when I think about when I started my career, you know, it was quite samey in a, in a lot of places, and you had a couple of 
um, you know, sort of key big names who were the, you know, the, the sort of the dominators of that that scene. You know, mm. the, the Gordon Ramsays, for example, or, or whatnot. But you know, I'm sure he's doing pretty well for himself still at the moment. But yeah. you know, you, you know, the, the way that the landscape has changed and seeing front of house recognised in, in that uh, light as well. You know, Fred Syriac's bringing that sort of celebrity status, if you like, to to front of house service, which is yeah. which is fantastic. But yeah, the, the variety in the food scene, not just in London, but even you know down in Folkestone, where I live now, and uh, you know you're all around the country, you know, we've got some really great different cuisines, and that's all been brought in by the diversity of all the different people who work in our our industry. So yeah, um, absolutely, you know, hopefully that will continue. I have no doubt it will. So what does what does the next year hold for you? Well, it's slightly less certain than when I had a normal job, that's for sure. <laughs> but um, it, but I do really enjoy it, and it's uh, given me a great variety of experiences. So uh, yeah. I left Georgian House in uh, end of July last year um, and had a, a, an amazing sort of first six months of, of sort of traveling all over the world and uh, really just a little bit more of the of the same uh, this year. No no Rugby World Cup this year, unfortunately, so um, I won't be going to Japan. But uh, yeah, really just kind of growing my, my speaking business. I've um, got some, some really exciting speaking engagements come up, which probably won't mention any of them now specifically because some of them may well have passed by the time that this yeah. uh, this gets broadcast which would be a bit redundant but yeah we're just kind of you know, hoping to help more more businesses to you know achieve great things by focusing on their their people yeah. Um, and yeah got some quite exciting uh, collaboration projects coming up as well and hopefully a nice nice quiet summer time and a uh, bit of time off but we will see it's yeah. uh, one of those things as you know when you have your own business it's uh, you, know, you never quite know how busy exactly you're going to be. You've got to make sure you're as busy as you need to be. But nope. um, so I can't it comes remember in peace and trust. Doesn't told it? me the best piece of advice that I ever had when running your own business is to remain constant. So don't get too excited when things are great yeah. and don't get too downhearted when things are bad, yeah, which is obviously much easier said than done. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I think actually you can you can take that into leadership as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's a really great way to be. That doesn't mean... Uh, emotionless <laughs> no um but you know everything's cyclical so the bad times turn good and the good times turn bad so definitely and i think the really important thing for that um and you know thinking back to you know the sort of 2008 times which is when i joined up for prior uh, with mike mckay as the general manager throughout the whole time i was at georgian house you know we keep facing these challenges whether it's um, you know immigration brexit related acts of terrorism for example and, and yeah. you know, i think actually you know, Britain, we're pretty resilient to these type of things anyway. But one thing that I think really stood out for me is that if you do the right thing, you know, eventually the sort of the, the, the cream uh, or the crop of the people who will survive. So, yeah. you know, if there is you know, really dramatic effects on, on immigration that present real, even more significant challenges to our industry than we have now, then people are going to want to go and work for the people who are good employers. It's it's pretty complex. Obviously, some people may not, but yeah, quite quickly they'll leave. That's what generally tends to happen. So you know, if you are a great employer, you will you will continue to thrive. If you are a great hotel providing a great guest experience, you know you'll continue. If you're continuing to invest, you'll you'll do that. And you know, with your case, if you run a great recruitment business and you look after your candidates and your clients, you know, yes, people might start to spend a little bit less money when times are tight. But ultimately, yeah. you know, if they are going to spend that money, it'll be with you. And during the good yeah. times, it will they'll be loyal to you throughout that and I yeah. really firmly believe that I completely agree I've always thought about the fact that if you focus on the profit side of the business as your main reason for doing it then you'll fall on your backside but if you focus on your reason for doing it and doing everything 
well within that as best as you can uh, and following ethical process and all of these things then the the profit always comes definitely um and i think that's the same in any business yeah great okay so if people want to get a hold of you to to learn more about you what would be the best method for them to do that easiest way probably is on uh, on instagram or, or twitter at adam rowledge we find it quite hard to avoid me in those spaces but uh, but yeah <laughs> or nothing. you know any any other way you know from linkedin or um whatever i'm very easy it'd be great to, to hear from people i'd love to hear any um people who had any feedback on, on listening to this it'd be interesting to it's so would to, i to actually well. yeah <laughs> um but no i think you know i'm looking forward to i know that you're you're quite uh, in the early stages of recording some of your your conversations i'm really looking forward to hearing uh hearing some of those and um yeah, thank you again for, for inviting me. You're very welcome. It's been my pleasure. Um, Adam Rowledge, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Phil. Have a great day. You too. And that wraps another great career story, with Adam proving what a class act he is. If you are fortunate enough to see him speak at an event, do take a look at his socks. They really are a sight to behold. Other than that, we hope you're enjoying the shows. We'd love for you to hit subscribe and do give us a like and a share across any of the usual social channels. We'll see you next time.